Welcome to um, our panel on the Garner verdict, what comes next. Um, we would like to thank the Office of Diversity and Community Affairs and ICP and our panelists for being here this evening. Um, we would also like to sort of give you guys a, just a general sort of overview of the proceedings and how the events will run. Um, you know, the panel will provide a bunch of comments and some, and some reflections. We'll give them a chance to sort of come up to the podium and share some words. Um, and then if time permits at the end, uh, we'll have a chance to pose some questions to them directly related to their stances or their positions. Um, we would love your reflections, your dialogue, your thoughts, your ideas. So please feel free to, um, to tweet using the hashtag what comes next TC. Um, I've been charged to be the moderator. And so um, when the tweets come in, uh, particularly when we have time to answer questions, I'll be able to sort of pose your questions. I don't want to sort of dominate the discussion. Um, and we will have a reconvening afterwards. You guys all also have index cards, and on the index cards, we'd like you to sort of share some of your thoughts as well. We'll garner all the, um, the index cards and the tweets, et cetera, and make sure that we share all the information that comes from that back with you. Um, so as I said, I, I've been charged to be the moderator for the event. It's a, it's a, and it's, anyone who knows me knows that it's terribly challenging for me to be a moderator because I'm everything but moderate, but I will do my best um, to do so. And I'm not gonna monopolize the conversation or discussion, but I'd like to share a few words before we begin. Um, over the last few weeks, this week in particular, I've had a number of students come to visit my office that I've never seen before. Um, so these are not students who've taken my classes or that even know my work or are interested in anything that I do, but I, I have had students repetitively show up to my office. So day after day, hour after hour, I have the black faces at TC just come. And um, they want to discuss the events in Ferguson and they want to discuss uh, the issues related to Eric Garner but once they come in, oftentimes they just come into my office, they stand there, I stand there, and we look at each other. And somewhere in between the space of us looking at each other, we really don't have much words, but the tension between us is so thick um, that it spills between us out of my office down Zankel Hall across the street. And I remember the Wednesday afternoon after hearing the, 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 the decision not to indict the officer in Eric Garner case, um, a young man walked into my office just at that moment, and he said, are you okay? I looked outside on 120th Street, and I just saw 120th Street. I stepped out of my office into the hallway, and I just saw the hallway as it always has been. And it just reminded me so much of the notion of what it feels like to be wounded in a space that you call home, um, the absence of a recognition of those moments, and what we're here to do today is just, in many ways, do what was missing then. In many ways, undo what we did wrong with a recognition that as, as an institution, we did wrong because we should have had a collective immediate response. Um, and for the black students in particular, um, to know that your pain and your anguish and those allies as well is recognized as significant. Um, even about an hour ago, a young man, Christian Foy, who, again, I'd never seen before, just walked into my office, and he said, hey, 
Professor Emden, and he stood there, and we, we stood face to face. And it was almost like looking in a mirror. And again, somewhere in the space between us looking at ourselves, he, he felt some discomfort, even after the event that we had just earlier in the week surrounding this case. And it just reminds me of the fact that the reason why we were both so silent in that space is that there is a failure of this institution and institutions like it to allow for people to grieve in the ways that they know how. Not only grieve in the ways that they know how, but to be in the ways that they know how. You know, we've all sort of collectively embraced this notion of Black Lives Matter, and just as quickly as we embraced Black Lives Matter, we started to embrace this notion of all lives matter. And yes, all lives matter, but in this particular context, in this space, and in this time, it's important for us to, look, to, to, to identify and, and locate the, the position of where that anguish is. Um, that this is really about the fact that black lives matter. And it is about the fact that we have to be allowed to breathe. And in that moment, we have to understand that Eric Garner and the choking of Eric Garner is, is, a, is, is not about that case per se. Of course we want justice in that case, and of course we want those issues to be addressed, but we wanna talk about all the instances where people in this institution and institutions like it have felt like they can't breathe. As Eric Garner was choked at the hands of another person, there are students here and in institutions across the country like this who advocate for social justice and talk about words and terms like critical pedagogy and revolution in education who through our practices allow people to not feel as though they can be themselves. And so when I can't give somebody a pound and when I can't talk about hip hop and I can't be mad and I can't scream and I can't use the language that I use in my communities in these spaces, you are choking out my humanity and I can't breathe. So when we talk about Eric Garner, we talk about Eric Garner as a symbol of a larger issue that we're all dealing with. And as a person that we're looking for justice in his case, but looking at collective ongoing justice in each of our cases every single day. When we have to speak quietly and sit and cross our legs and wait for folks to clap after we speak, we're being choked. And I can't breathe with those practices. So, you know, in a teacher's college, an institution that was founded on ensuring that we prepare educators to meet the needs of the poor in New York City, our mission has to live with us every day. And our mission has to be expanded when the poor in New York City are no longer just white folks who are poor in New York City. As we look about preparing teachers to be better, we have to look at how we prepare ourselves to be better. If there were no indictments in this case, then we have to stand to indict those among us who don't fulfill the mission of the institution. When Christian can tell me that he was in the classroom this week and had a student in the class say to him, well, I don't know why we're still talking about Eric Garner, then we have to be able to indict the professor and that student on their loss of humanity. And they're, they're, the fact that they're not living through the spirit and the ethos that this institution was founded on. I remain here because I remember when I first got here reading those lines about why this institution was founded. And if we refuse to indict each other on the absence of our humanity, if we continue to choke each other because we don't ascribe to the norms of the institution, when we refuse to allow people to no longer breathe 
we are as responsible at the, as the officers who were not indicted in the Garner place, a case. Thank you. I've always grappled with the notion of looking at um, urban youth of color through the lens of viewing them as, as in many ways, neo-indigenous. And the first time I tried to think about that concept, you know, it seemed like you know, just a thing that academics do to add new phrases with multiple syllables. But the reason why I <laughs> thought about it was because there, across populations, there's, there is a group within this country that it is impossible to deny the kind of experience that they've had. And so folks can say, I don't want to talk about it, but there is a recognition of it. And I think when we talk about urban youth of color and black and brown bodies in urban spaces, it's really convenient and easy for folks to be able to say, well, why don't they just, why don't they just, without first an acknowledgement of the spaces that they've been in and the circumstances that lead them to where they are. And if we're able to look at those populations through the lens of the indigenous, looking at the fact that they have close ties to their places of origin, that they have this consistent oppression at the hands of a more dominant other, you may be talking about colonial powers and imperialists, but we have neo imperialists in the form of police officers and teachers uh, nowadays. And so if, if we look at these corollaries and these connections, it allows us to be able to identify that just by virtue of them being in the spaces that they're in, that they've undergone tremendous oppression just by breathing and living. And the connection of the indigenous to the neo-indigenous allows us then to be able to come together under a new understanding of how these populations are positioned. Um, and, and you're your words both remind me of that, because then I'm forced to say, if you have indigenous, neo-indigenous populations who are sitting on the land that was once occupied by indigenous populations, and we've never had institutions that recognize the fact that they are built upon the same spaces where these populations inhabit, we haven't done the work of reconciliation and coming to the grips of the fact that our histories are based upon this oppression. And folks always look at me like I'm crazy when I talk about the spiritual dimension of this. But if you don't reconcile the spiritual components of this work, then you're going to have a continual reincarnation of those processes. It may not be colonial powers anymore. It becomes police officers. And also, and I keep saying this because we're in this space in Teachers College, educators. Because I can't at all have this conversation without talking about the fact that the same critiques that we have of these police officers are the same ones that we have of the teachers in these urban spaces. They don't know us. They, they, they don't have the training to be in these communities. They're supposed to protect us, but they don't. Like those, if, if I didn't talk about teachers and I just talked about police, they made perfect sense. But now when we say that teachers are the new police, in these spaces that are criminalizing these bodies, and we're producing in this institution teachers that are supposed to go into urban spaces because we talk about us being an institution that's birthed on serving youth of color, but we don't talk about the fact that we're underpreparing them for the realities of these spaces, then they choking out these kids too. And so when you talk about all these histories of, of this oppression that you've understood, and, and, and you're talking about sitting there and seeing yourself at the end of a barrel of the gun what about the young person that's sitting there at the barrel of a fucking suspension? You know, I can't, I can't use this opportunity to talk about Garner and not talk about the work that we can do as an institution. You know, we are teachers college to train folks to do the work in those communities. 
I, I want us to think about Dr. McLaughlin's words and the what if thoughts and utilize them not as empty things, but how does that inform how we teach those babies every day so they don't end up in the same circumstances that they've always been in? Like, I'm going to go to Jamil in just a second, but you know, look, if we realize that a young person who sees themselves as someone in schools has a pathway towards the future and new possibilities and then constructs a self-identity that allows them to feel like they have something to live for, then they are least likely, statistically, to enter into scenarios where he could pull out the Harvard ID and he get left alone. Education sometimes becomes the capital that they can develop to be able to, not always now, we know that, but it, it allows us to have the capital to be able to navigate those spaces appropriately. We have to locate the core of the issue in us before we can go any further. 